Soul Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we'll be discussing some second half star predictions for the 2020 NFL and fantasy football season. So we've put together some guys at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense, and kicker who performed a lot better in the 2019 NFL season for fantasy purposes in the second half than they did in the first half. We'll discuss why, whether it was for regression, injury, fluke. We did the same thing last week with our first half stars, so we'll do second half stars this week. And we'll end the show with our rankings disputes. So obviously we recently finished our rookie rankings and our updated our positional rankings to include rookies. So we've got seven guys here in, um, that we put together that Chris and I really disagreed on in terms of rankings. So that's going to be a fun end to the show. Um, yeah, so let's get started. Um, Chris, I'm really excited for the rankings disputes. Uh, I don't, I'm guessing yeah, you are Yeah, we were too. talking about maybe, maybe we just skip the, the, the second half stars and move right into the debate. I, I know we're both ready to argue our cases. Yes, that's going to be very fun. Seven guys that we really disagree on. The seven guys that we probably most disagree on coming up for this year's draft. Um, just one quick announcement. Uh, I know we talked about a couple episodes ago that Apple Podcasts numbering is wrong. It's now fixed, and I want to apologize to Apple Podcasts for making them think it was possibly their fault because it was actually my fault, and I didn't realize it. But it's fixed anyway, so um, that's good. So one piece of news. Um, recently, the NFL came out, actually, I think today, right, Chris? Um, yeah. They today. came out today with uh, some changes to the Rooney Rule. So the Rooney Rule required teams to interview at least one minority candidate for head coach when they had a head coaching vacancy. This rule has been changed to an inter- interviewing two head- minority head coaches plus one minority coordinator. Chris, I mean, I don't think it's ideal, but it, when the NFL teams refuse to change year after year, I feel like eventually there's got to be some sort of rule instituted some sort yeah, of uh, stricter uh, it's rule. really about finding the balance between what's too much what's making it where it's not the best person for the job and when and then the other part where you're making sure that people are giving a fair be, being given a fair opportunity so you really have to find a balance and i think that this rule was part of a a vote on many proposals by the owners i think each proposal has to get 24 out of 32 of the owners' support. So that means that this rule change got a lot of support from the NFL owners. I know that there was talk of one with a third-round uh, draft pick bump-up as an incentive for hiring one, but I don't think that got passed. So I think that's the big headline from the proposal vote today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess majority of owners, or more than a majority, um, approved it, and now it's a rule. So we'll get into second half stars. So we've got two quarterbacks, three running backs, three wide receivers, and two tight ends, a defense, and a kicker that we're going to talk about. And some of these guys were the duds from last week's show. For some reason, we for first half to stars, we decided to it was a good idea to do first half duds. And some of these guys turned out to be our favorite second half stars. So we left out all of them except one, which you can find out who by listening to last week's episode. But mm-hmm. you should listen to this week's episode because we've included these guys that we um, hinted at I guess we didn't hint at them specifically, but we hinted at having some of these guys in our second half stars, which we do. Mm -hmm. So for quarterback, um, we'll start with, actually, these are two guys that Chris really likes. And one of these guys we'll be talking about later, but, uh, and I won't tell you which one, but the first second half star that we came up with was Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill, when he, he came onto the scene, I think it was his, I think it was uh, week seven when he played his first full game where he started and, after that, he was just so consistent. He completed 70% of his passes in the, in the weeks that he played, which was week seven and on, and then he, which was the third best in the league. So I really think that, that he's very well-deserving of that second-half star recognition. I mean, he was a pro bowler, despite, like I said, only starting in week seven as his first game. So that's just he, – he's a very – obviously a guy that not necessarily due to regression or injury, but more because I think that he had – untapped potential that wasn't really shown with Adam Gase as the coach of the Miami Dolphins. So now I think that he is really going to be able to show next year and he showed it. We got a glimpse of it in the second half of last year, what he can do. So we couldn't go an episode without mentioning Adam Gase. Unfortunately, we're going to try it next time. First first two (laughs) minutes probably we're already into Adam Gase. Yeah. Um, So actually, yeah, Ryan Tannehill was a guy I like this year, probably not as much as Chris, but I still like him. And um, the other guy on here is Drew Brees. And so I had both of these guys last year. And when they were breaking out in the second half, I was really sitting pretty at quarterback. I actually did not start Brees in any of his playoff games because I love, I was loving Tannehill's consistency. And I kept thinking, this is the game where Brees is going to drop off because he's pretty inconsistent. 
and then it never happened. But Chris, I know you love Breeze more than I do, so well, you can start first. Yeah, Breeze, he was the number two scoring QB in the 10 weeks he played. And the first half star, I, I prefer to see that this was that their poor first half was due to an injury, and that's the case with Drew Breeze. He really, after that thumb injury, stepped onto the scene. I mean, he had those last four weeks, I think it was like 40 points, 28 points, 22 points, 22 points. And that's just a ridiculous stat line for a quarterback across four weeks, especially for a guy that's getting as old as Drew Brees. I still think that he has a lot of gas left in the tank. And this might even be his last season. I mean, we've heard Russell Wilson say that, or I mean, not Russell Wilson say, but Russell Wilson actually gave up his Pro Bowl starting spot to Drew Brees, I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. I didn't know that last year uh so I think that that really shows that Drew Brees is towards the end of his career obviously there was some speculation after that that he was not going to come back for the 2020 season but it looks like he is and I think that this could very likely be his last year so I think he's gonna go out with a hoorah and have a really great year (laughs) yes he'll go out with a hoorah I think Mm -hmm. he'll have a better NFL year than he has a fantasy year but we're gonna save some of this analysis for later um I'll tell you guys exactly what I think about Drew Brees in our last segment but um, for <laughs> we've been teasing this segment so much, like five times in the first. Yeah, we're just we're we're way too excited for it. I mean, it's just I don't know why, but we love to contradict each other's opinions and then tell each other why we're so right. Yeah, I was just thinking before the show. I was really thinking like Chris and I don't disagree enough on this show, and I feel like we didn't have we don't have a ton of disagreements usually on this show. And so I was thinking, what's a way to spice this show up? And I just popped into my head rankings disputes. So um, that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're doing. So at running back, this was one of the duds that we were going to include last week. Um, it's Joe Mixon. I believe it's some, I don't know. I think it might've been weeks nine to 17. I think it was weeks nine to 17 where he was the number four running back or maybe week 10, but either way, actually, no, I think at half PPR, sorry, he was the number five guy behind Drake. So still, even so number five, and I love Joe Mixon next year. He's my number six RB. Um, and I think his pass catching ability is very underrated with Andy Dalton and in that offense, not really seeming to throw to him. I feel like he can catch passes. He just doesn't get the opportunities. And with, an, for sure, a quarterback upgrade in Joe Burrow, I really love Joe Mixon this year. I think his second half success will carry over into 2020. Yeah, the only thing I would say about Joe Mixon is I think that he could maybe have another first half dud just because of the possibility of a holdout. I mean, we've been hearing a lot about that. We'll see if it goes more like Melvin Gordon or Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, there's, those are two totally different ways that it can go. But even some of the longest holdouts like Melvin Gordon's ended up just going for most of the first half of the season. So I think that we'll see him back for the second half. Yeah, I think Melvin Gordon's went for four games, uh, but the Chargers may have had like a week four bye. So I think he came back in week like six or something. Um, but yeah, and Ezekiel Elliott didn't extend in this season. The one notable exception is Le'Veon Bell, whose holdout obviously had him miss the entire season and obviously – Actually, I was the first to um, be able to come to the waiver wire. I got the I had the top claim in the waiver wire, so I was able to grab James Conner that year, and I ended up winning the championship in um, that year of our league. Got a pull in, got a pull in that you won the championship, don't you, Calvin? Yes, I did. I actually have not mentioned that. I don't think um, this is the third season of the league that uh, I am commissioner of. So first year I won the championship, second year, uh, and I think Chris, you got fifth, and then you got third mm-hmm. this year, and I got fifth. So. Um, I'm winning, <laughs> but okay. we'll, we'll move on. We'll to, see after this year. We'll see. Yeah, no, Chris and I are both ready. Cause we're like, okay. So, I mean, we should make this some sort of competition. I mean, Chris finished higher than me one year. I finished higher than Chris this year. And now that we're, we have a podcast, this should really be the year that decides who is better at fantasy mm-hmm. football. We'll keep you guys updated on that. That's going to be fun. Yeah. And I think that w- one of the other things we might do just to prove that I'm the superior analyzer, fantasy football analyzer mm-hmm. is we're going to have a, a rankings. I I'm, or, well, I won't say we're going to, but I'm going to guess we're going to have a thing where we kind of maybe an episode where we talk about our rankings and see how far up and down some of the biggest guys in our rankings were. And then we'll give you guys a final tally of who was the closest in their player rankings to what it actually was. Oh yeah, that'll actually take a long time. But I think it will, if but it's I think wor- that I think it'll be worth it. If, yeah, that's something that I think a lot of listeners would enjoy. Yeah. I think we could yeah, we could do it for um yeah, we, we should I, I, I don't know if we'll do it we'll for every position. It. It's, we'll not, it's it. not set, but we'll we'll figure something out to prove yeah. that I'm better. Yeah, well it could just be that I'll win the league again and you'll get uh I'll give you sixth. <laughs> sixth? Yes, yeah, sixth. I'm, 
average. We changed average. from a four team to a sixteen playoff. You'll make the playoffs, and then you'll just lose in the first round. To who? Uh, to me, because I'm the one seed. Oh. Oh, Wait, no, 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 because no, no. I have the bye, because I'm the one seed. We should so actually the- probably discuss this. Let's talk about this. We, we actually changed our playoff format for our league, which is yeah. pretty interesting. I think, Calvin, you, you're more on it. Why don't you tell me? Uh, so we changed it from a four-team to a six-team playoff with the top two seeds getting a bye, which we think is ideal because it keeps more teams interested in your league, and it also keeps teams uh, – it rewards people for getting the top seeds, and it doesn't make the regular season irrelevant. We were originally going to do an 18 playoff, but I feel like that's a bad idea because it mm-hmm. the, makes it too easy to make the playoffs. Um, so the top two seeds get a bye. Three seed plays six, four seed plays five. R- week 17 is removed. One round matchups, uh, three week playoffs. So three rounds in the playoffs mm-hmm. and one week matchups. Um, so, hmm. yeah, whoever the three seed is, Chris, is going to beat you first round as the six seed. And then okay. <laughs> I think I'm just going to be I'm basically going to be number one all year undefeated season. I'm calling it right here. No Actually, losses. no team, first two seasons of our league, no team has had more than two losses, mm-hmm. which is kind of insane. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's you mean shows, let... Oh, wait. Yeah, no team has had more than two losses in the regular season. Or no, wait, no, no team less, has than, less two loss. than two losses in the regular season, yes. Yeah. So have there been no one, one loss or undefeated teams in the regular season, which is only 13 games. So I think, I mean, it shows how fluky fantasy can be. Like, I would have won the championship every year if there was a, no, no flukes in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Really? But we've been off okay. topic for a little while, so let's get back to it. Our second RB second half star is a guy who isn't really a star necessarily, but it's a guy who played a lot better in the second half, mainly because his load management, uh, that Sean McVay gave him a little more carries. It's Todd Gurley. And Chris, I mean, we've been hearing a lot, mixed reports about Todd Gurley's health, and it doesn't look too promising, I feel like, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually been... At first, it sounded optimistic, and I actually had Tur- Gurley up in my rankings, but then lately I've been hearing bad things. It's not necessarily that they're saying he's doing bad, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of confidence, and that really worries me because when you're the owner of a team, you want to be confident in your player that you just signed, but when you can't and you can't publicly express that you have confidence and you're optimistic that he's going to come back, then that's when I kind of start – that's when my radar starts to go off that he might be in trouble for next year. Yeah, that's definitely a red flag there. Um, Gurley, I don't love. I believe I have him number 17 in my ranking, RB rankings right now. He's not a guy we're going to have a rankings dispute on. I think Chris and I are about the same on him. Um, and our last guy is Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert also played well in the playoffs, but in the second half too, on limited carries, when he started to take over the backfield, he was a guy who really started to break out and really started to show. And I think he's so talented. I don't – I mean – Kyle Shanahan started going with the more talented player. I mean, Tevin Coleman is pretty good, but Tevin Coleman was struggling with inefficiency, so Mostert comes onto the scene and takes over. Chris, I mean, I'm not as high on Mostert as I used to be. I've sort of been in flux. In the start of the offseason, you were high on Mostert. Then I was high on Mostert, and I think we sort of settled at a point in the middle. He's my number 20 RB right now. Yeah, I, I do like Mo- Mostert next year. I would say he'd like he's, uh, he's more of a playoff star, like – Basically, he really performed in the playoffs. I mean, that's when we really – that's when a lot of fantasy owners really started to think this – he could be a top guy, and that's why I have him. I think at number 19, I want to say, maybe number 20. I'm not exactly sure. But he's a guy that's really talented, and I think he really just needed a chance to show what he can do. And in, in the second half and in the playoffs, he really showed uh, Kyle Shanahan that he can be that guy. He can be that top running back. I mean, he would, played a workhorse role in the playoff, I think, in the playoffs, I think, uh, in, I think it was the, uh, it might have been the divisional championships. I'm not sure, but was or it maybe, against the Packers when he ran for wild? I, I know he, he one ran game for he like ran wild. 220 yards and two touchdowns. It was just ridiculous. So. Oh yeah, I think there was one. There might have been two games where he went wild. I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. I think there might have been one I think game. It, it was it was in the AFC or the NFC championship. I'm pretty sure. Oh okay. So um, that would be against the uh, Packers. Yeah. Uh, Packers or Seahawks? I think it was the Packers. Um, no, not the Seahawks. Yeah, Packers. It would have been the Pack. No Saints. Uh, no Saints got taken out by the Vikings. Then you got Vikings Seahawks. Wait, Vikings no. Packers. 49ers Seahawks. Then 49ers Packers. Let me look at that. No, no, uh-huh. no. It was it was Vikings Niners. We need to. Uh, okay. Yeah, really we need to. Calvin, we can't, I don't, we can't remember the playoffs. Yeah, that's not that's not good. I am going to check NFC Championship game. Let's see. Yeah, we we should really be able to remember the playoffs. That's that's not good. 
Yeah, don't um, dismiss our podcast just because we can't figure out who played in the NFC Championship. Yeah. I knew it! Packers versus 49ers NFC Championship highlights. That's January That's 19th, thought, 2020. Oh, really? Is that when Raheem Mostert went off? I believe it was. When did Raheem Mostert go off? Search. Um, this is why we have our phones here for Google during the podcast. Yes, Google is the savior. While Chris does this, we'll go to wide receiver, and I'll start with DeAndre Hopkins, who really didn't live up to first half expectations. And I think DeAndre Hopkins is a guy you really don't need to worry about. His touchdowns weren't there in the first half. He sort of picked it up in the second half. Now he's in Arizona with Kyler Murray. I don't think that makes that much of a difference from Deshaun Watson, especially since Kyler Murray doesn't have that many targets with his offense. So I like Hopkins. Is I think he's my number two wide receiver. So top wide receiver one for me, just behind – not just behind Michael Thomas, but behind Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is far and away the number one. Okay, I've got your answer, by the way, Calvin. Uh, it's, I think, I it says 160 rushing yards, I'm pretty sure, but I, I feel like I remember that it was, uh, he may have it had was another 200, game he got. yeah, or no, I think it was 220 all-purpose yards, so I think that, and then he had three touchdowns in that game in just the first half. Oh, right, no, I remember, because I was like, oh, no, it, yeah. like, 40 fantasy points. Yeah, something. yeah, it, it's it was 160 yards and three touchdowns in just the first half, and then I f- think he finished with 220 yards. Yep, and oh, and four touchdowns. I thought it was two. Oh yeah, no, it was four because I remember I remember it was like 46 fantasy points, but that's in standard leagues. In standard leagues, man, can you imagine? Like if you played mm-hmm. playoff challenge, you would have loved to have Raheem Mostert in the NFC Championship. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about Hopkins, Chris? I already talked about him a little bit, but what do you? I, I don't think he's affected by his first half. Uh, yeah, I think that was. Half. I think that was, you can't necessarily call it a fluke when I think he was only number nine. Is that right? Wasn't he like fourteen? I feel like it was fourteen from weeks one through eight. But he wasn't. Oh no, he, no, sorry, it doesn't really matter. But but he wasn't. He wasn't terrible. I just think he wasn't living up to his expectations. But I do think that he's going to be back next year. I think that was kind of just a, just an outlier in his strong uh strong record of performances across the many seasons that he's played so he's so consistent I think that he's just gonna he's I have him at number two I think he's gonna hold that ranking yeah we're having a different kind of rankings dispute he was nine no he's 14 I think he was 14 in standard and then we realized we were looking at standard so we switched to half PPR and he was nine so I think Chris you were right um now the the two guys we've got are two of threes uh, two of the three d's for Chris no how am I going to say this? Two of Chris's three Ds, the keys to draft success. Um, the, the DJ three, Moore's not, the, no, DJ Moore's not can I Can I please present it in the correct way? Fine. <laughs> the three Ds to a wide receiver draft success. That is – Okay. That, wait, if you, if you haven't been listening, you need to know these guys. DJ Moore, Devontae Parker, and Darius Slyton. DJ Very Moore's re- not one though. Very, yeah, DJ Moore was just good all year. I mean, he's just <laughs> insane. But uh, these guys are just going to be crazy. And the world isn't expecting it. And it's very easy to be able to pick up all three of these guys in your draft. So please be on the lookout for them. Yeah, They're going to be good. Parker was good for most of the year. More I like. Parker I love. Slayton, eh. That's going to be fun to talk about later. But um, so, Chris, we'll start. I guess. Talk about Parker and Slayton for us, um, for the other two wide receivers um, on our list. Okay, so Devontae Parker is a guy that really showed up in the second half of the season. He really hadn't been – it's not necessarily he was awful at the start. I think weeks one through three he was terrible. But then at week four he started to hit his stride. And then towards the end of the season he was just insane. I mean, I remember playing against him in the playoffs. And I think that might have been the – or towards – not – I don't can't remember if it was the playoffs. But towards the end of the season mm-hmm. – he really just shut my team down in my hopes of winning the entire league. It was right there if I hadn't gotten so unlucky with Devontae Parker being so good. But yeah. this time, I'm going to get Devontae Parker, so I'm not in that situation. Oh, no. And then Darius Slayton, he's really formed a connection with Daniel Jones, and I think we're going to really see that shine this coming year. Darius Slayton, he's a guy that's really a deep threat, but I've seen him – I've seen flashes of him being able to be that guy – that guy that Daniel Jones is always looking to, Daniel Jones' first option. And I think he's going to take that role from Sterling Shepard. And we've all seen Sterling Shepard be really good. I just don't think that Sterling Shepard was the most talented guy. But I think Darius Slayton is really talented, and this is his year to really show up. I don't really love any of the Giants wide receivers. 
I just oh, it's I too do. crowded for me. But I mean, Parker, you're not getting Parker because he's my wide receiver 13, and I'm going to get him. I feel like he's such a great value. And didn't we talk about him in our value show? We must have. Yeah. Probably. So we did. Um. And uh, what was I going to say? I forget. Oh no, Parker. Yeah, weeks one and two. I think it was when he was really bad. Um. I remember seeing it's like in it, in like a game log. Parker like seven targets, zero receptions. I was like, oh, same old Devontae Parker. He's never coming on a fantasy roster of mine or anywhere close. And then he starts to break out. And now I love him. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yep. Okay, let's move on to tight end. Calvin, you can tell us the first one. All right. Yeah, there were a lot of tight ends. We actually put two honorable mentions at the bottom that we'll talk about briefly. But the first one was Tyler Higby. And really in like the f- past five, last five or six games of the season, he really just broke out, just getting nine receptions consistently around the hundred yard mark consistently. And I think that's going to continue through this year, at least in some compa- capacity. I have him as tight end six. There's five guys I can guarantee ahead of him. Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Waller, and Ertz. But I think the rest of the guys are really question marks. My number, number seven is Evan Ingram, and I really don't like his injury risk next year. So I think that and um, Higby is going to settle in as a mid-tier tight end one. What about you, Chris? Uh, I, I like Higby. I don't like him as much as you do, but I do like him next year. I think he really – he obviously was a second-half star. I mean, he wasn't even on anyone's radar in the first half, and now then he's really just – all of a sudden was just a guy that was getting 10 receptions a game. It was really crazy, but I think that that – I don't think we're going to see that 10 receptions a game, but I do think we're going to see a lot of targets carry over to next year. Yeah, I agree. Um, next yeah, is so, Dallas Goddard. So. Yeah. What um, do you think about Dallas Goddard, Calvin? I know you're very high on him. Yes, and I think I'm less high on him now. I mean, obviously, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson coming back from injury, and Jalen Rager being drafted. But I think people are still undervaluing Dallas Goddard. And uh, they dropped him in their ranking. People dropped him in their rankings accordingly, I feel like. Um, but it's like, they, it's still too low. Like, they dropped him the right amount. But he was too low before, and he's too low now after the addition of Raker. But I think Goddard, obviously, he got mo- some of his – I think his target share will probably decrease a little bit just because he got a lot of his targets um, from guys like uh, – when Jeffrey and D- Jackson were hurt. But, I mean, Aguilar is gone, So you, and Rager basically replaced him in Philly. Nelson Aguilar is gone. So I think Goddard, while his target share will go down a little bit, he's too talented to leave out of the offense. And even while he didn't produce as much in the first half, he still wound up as, I believe, the number 10 tight end. So I have him as 15 in my rankings, and I think that he's easily going to become a top 15 tight end next year for sure. And um, maybe not easily since I have him at number 15, but – I think that he'll be right around that tier and he has a chance to be even better depending on how much Carson Wentz decides to use him. Yeah. I think that I'm actually my, one of my bold predictions. I'm not, this is, this is a prediction that I don't think will happen, (laughs) but I'm going to say that this is like my big thing that you could look out for. This is my big prediction that I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a chance it does. And that's Dallas Goddard taking over from Zach Ertz. Entirely? Uh, actually? No, I'm not entirely, to... but I think what's going to happen, my bold prediction is that Dallas Goddard takes over what Zach Ertz had last year, and Zach Ertz kind of becomes the da- the Dallas Goddard of 2019. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. I, th- I like that prediction. Bold call. Um, Obviously not what you actually think. Though. A prediction that I, I'm a prediction still going to have Zach Ertz higher, higher in my rankings, but that's my that's my kind of Rankings do not reflect crystal ball future future <laughs> what I what I see. Okay, so wait, why is Zach Ertz not lower in your rankings then? Calvin, <laughs> I don't trust myself enough. <laughs> All right. Okay, on row mentions, Jared Cook and Mike Jasicki. What do you have to say about those two, Calvin? So Jared Cook, I mean, obviously the Saints added new targets in the offseason, drafting Adam Troutman out of Dayton in the fourth round, getting Emmanuel Sanders from the 49ers in a trade. But I think that Jared Cook is primarily used in the red zone. And obviously in half PPR leagues, it hurts him that his target share isn't that great. But I still think he'll claw his way to about a number nine tight end spot where I have him because people predict touchdown regression for Jared Cook. But I feel that Jared Cook is Drew Brees' top red zone target, and that's not going to change. I see Jared Cook maybe getting eight, nine, ten touchdowns next year and not having as much touchdown regression as people think. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree. The other one, Mike Gesicki. Um, he sort of, he, his target share went up in the second half of the season. That's when Preston Williams was out and the, uh, Miami offense started to get it together a little bit. Gasicki's actually a breakout candidate for me next year. I think mm-hmm. that with Fitzpatrick, he will do okay with Tua. 
in the offense, he might do even better, especially with a rookie quarterback maybe relying on a short to intermediate route runner like Gesicki, obviously, mm-hmm. since he's a tight end. So I do like Yeah, him. last year I got myself into a sticky situation at the tight end spot towards the end <laughs> of the season. It, that's for another time. But I ended up with Gesicki as my tight end, and he kind of helped me stay afloat despite my my mistakes that ugh, it's terrible to even think about. He actually – he accidentally dropped Evan Ingram. And even though it said, do you want to drop him? And it's like, confirm. He confirmed it. Because he thought he was I thought it, I thought, I thought I was dropping OJ Howard. And I accidentally – because I had OJ Howard as my backup tight end at the time. And OJ Howard was absolutely garbage. <laughs> so I was just dropping him. And then I accidentally clicked on Evan Ingram. And then you accidentally clicked confirm. And then, and then <laughs> long story short, there was a vote. Oh, wait. I think we've was, told this story before. There, I don't know. I don't think we have. There was a Maybe. vote. There was lots of controversy. And then I didn't end up with Evan Ingram back on my team. Yeah. I feel like I might have told this at one point. I, I, maybe it, might a have been, it might have been before we started uh, doing our full-out episodes. Yeah, but. we did practice episodes. I mean, I'm just saying, I feel like I actually told it on a real episode, though. Maybe. I don't know. We'll have to look back and see. If we um, but then there was another, there's another part to the story, if, in case we haven't told it, which I do remember telling this, I think. Um, someone in our league who shall remain unnamed uh, because if we named them, you probably wouldn't even know who they were. Um, they m- missed the trade deadline for reasons that will remain unnamed, and they wanted a trade to go through. And for some reason, these same league members voted to let him do his trade. And it's like, if if you're going to let one mistake go, I feel like you shouldn't let both go. I mean, maybe it's a different situation, but I didn't think it should be allowed. I let them Yeah, I, I think we're. I think next year we're playing fully by the rules. Whoever's on your team is 200 who's on your team. If you drop the player, too bad. If you miss the trade deadline, too bad, but yeah, that's gonna just how it's sure going to go. No more them. votes. Votes are too confusing. Votes are too <laughs> stressful. I mean, here's the thing. You, you should start if here's some commissioner advice. Commissioner to commissioner or future commissioner, uh whoever you're your, whatever I can classify you listeners as. But the thing is it's good to start out with the vote privilege. I just feel like eventually uh, if there's so many votes, if there becomes a lot of votes and you're sort of pestering people to vote and they're not voting the same thing and you feel like your league, you want your league run a different way, I mean, you can get rid Just of votes. Just take it's control. Like, I mean, it, you're not anti-democratic for getting rid of votes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I think the main thing to focus on, I'm not a commissioner, but I think the main thing to focus on for votes is more like off-season rule changes. So like Calvin took a vote if we should switch the eight-team playoff or if we should switch the four-team playoff to an eight-team playoff. And then, yeah, we had another vote to see if the eight-team playoff should go to a six-team playoff. And both times, <laughs> I think it was very – a vote was very well-deserved because we found out that a lot of people would actually prefer the six-team. So that's good. And, yeah. No, yeah, I think for – for one-time things, like special situations, you should enforce, as a commissioner, enforce the same rules throughout, and there shouldn't be a vote. But when you're doing off-season changes, don't be like, oh, we're changing to an auction league. We are changing to a yeah. keeper league. and th- Because it's possible no one wants to play in your league. So you've got to vote, do a vote for that. And especially for things like that, I feel like maybe you should get a two-thirds majority for keeper league. Because mm-hmm. if not everyone wants to do it, if like half the people want to do it, that's not that fun. So yeah. you, you should really it, stick with what you've got unless, like, basically everyone wants to change two-thirds or three-fourths majority, or maybe even three-fourths, I would say. So um, we will go to our defense second-half stars. And the Steelers' defense was really good pretty much starting in week three. Um, they sort of, after the acquisition of Minka Fitzpatrick, I, I loved it because I had the Steelers' defense and Minka Fitzpatrick was just getting picks. It felt like every single game. And the Steelers' defense was just racking up, like, 10-plus points every single game. So I feel like the Steelers are actually a slight undervalue in next year's draft because people are going to slightly overvalue the 49ers. Um, but I do like them next year. And uh, Chris, I think you like them, not, but not quite as much. Also, obviously they drafted Devin Bush. So um, that helped them as this year's last year as well. Yeah. I'm going to have to be one of those people that thinks that the 49ers are just a little bit better, but I do like the Steelers next year. Yeah. I mean, they are undoubtedly one of the top defenses we'll go to kicker and this is Harrison Butker who I had on my team as a kicker he was actually surprisingly enough the number six kicker from weeks one through eight he finished number one numero uno with 166 fantasy points he beat out Will Lutz by three and Justin Tucker by 13 so Butker obviously in a great offense you can expect him to produce the same way he did at the end of last year I think much like the Steelers defense yeah I I mean 
it's very obvious now after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl that they have the best offense in the league. And the main thing to look at for kickers is how good the offense is, and that's the main thing that I rank by. I mean, obviously, if a kicker has consistency issues, then you have to look a little bit more in depth. But for the most part, it's really the best offense, and the Chiefs have the best offense. So I think that you're going to see Harrison Butker continue that number one finish and number one second half that he had. Yeah, I've actually got a sleeper kicker that I guess I can tell you now. Um, because I might forget. I'm, I'll probably tell you in the future months anyway. But it's Young Hui Koo on the Falcons. And I feel like the Falcons' offense was already getting field goals. They're not the best offense, but they were doing well at setting him up. And when he took over that kicker job, you just see in his stat line 10, 10, 10, 8, 10, 15. And it looked pretty great. You love It's great when a kicker can consistently get good scores like that. With the addition of Gurley, I think that only helps Koo's value. And he's a guy where if you don't want to spend – draft capital on kickers he's a guy you can definitely get in the last round of your draft so mm-hmm. if you're yeah. not that person that you're that person who wants to find value while other people are taking kickers early take him in the last round and that's a nice pick I think I even have him as like my six or seven kicker so he's a nice very nice value for me yeah all right so let's go to rankings disputes. oh yes I didn't even I didn't even want to talk about Butker too much because I wanted to move on to rankings dispute here we go all right, so we got seven guys, one quarterback, one running back, three wide receivers, two tight ends, seven total. Um, so let's get started. We've got uh, yes, I just said that. We've got two, one quarterback, one running back, three wide receivers, two tight ends. I mean, obviously we don't we don't have as many quarterbacks and running backs because we just didn't have that many disputes at the position. Like running back, there was really only one that we had a major dispute, and even that's not that major. But we'll start mm-hmm. with quarterback. And I think there's going to be two quarterbacks where we're debating all offseason long. I guess we only included one of them. Drew Brees and Josh Allen are the two quarterbacks that Chris and I – No, no, no. I, I actually – I used to not like Josh Allen, but now I actually do like him. Ah, because of me. He's disputing that. Yeah, okay, Calvin, so Drew Brees me. is the quarterback that we're going to be disputing all offseason. Chris has him as his number seven quarterback. I've got him as my number ten. Chris, since you have him higher, uh, why do you like Drew Brees so much next season? Okay, like I said earlier, well, I haven't actually said this. He was coming off of thumb surgery. Like, for the first few games he came back, it looked like he still wasn't comfortable. I think he was wearing something around his thumb. And he still managed to be the second-best fantasy quarterback when he came back. And as he gets older, I still, I, it, he might have a little bit of regression, but he was number two. So, if anything, the regression, number seven might be even a little low since he was number two when he played. And now you you have one of the most studded offenses with the Saints. They have Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. He has always has that check option back to Alvin Kamara. He can hand the ball off to Latavius Murray. He's got Michael Thomas to run some routes. Jared Cook is a huge red zone target. He's just filled with weapons. And he's not getting any worse as he gets older, I feel like. I th- still think he gets huge numbers of yards, and he's just a touchdown machine with that high-powered offense. Yeah, I'm just going to have to disagree with you on this. And I think the reason I disagree is just because Drew Brees throughout his career, not throughout his career, but the last few seasons, we've seen him it not, I'm, I mean, I'm mainly talking about two seasons ago where he was, I think QB nine. I didn't love his consistency there. He's gotten another year older. And I feel like this second half was really a fluke. I feel like he was coming in with something to prove and maybe he doesn't have that as much anymore. I do like the weapons. I do like him a bit. He's my number 10 guy. I think he's behind, um, Let's see. It's Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, or no, not Kyler Murray. Uh, Wilson's at four. Watson's at five. Kyler Murray's at six. Josh Allen's at seven. I think Matt Ryan is eight and Wentz is nine or maybe the other way around. And then I've got Breeze at 10. So it's not necessarily that I don't like Breeze. And Chris, you are doing a good job of convincing me. But I think mm-hmm. that I do, <laughs> I do have him at number 10 and I still wouldn't move him up all the way to number seven, mostly because Part, well, partly because there's nine quarterbacks that I do like next year. And I feel like that he's going to come back more to what he did two years ago than what he did last year. Well, yeah, but the thing about Drew Brees for me is that the weapons are really what put him over the top. And he has so many options. It's so hard for a defense to cover them. And I think they have a favorable schedule. I mean, the Bucks are really their biggest competitor, but they don't have the strongest defense. It's more the offense. And when we see games against Tom Brady and Drew Brees, I think it's just going to be an offensive uh, fire fire battle. I mean, we're going to see who, who has the best offense. And I think, yeah, that was terrible wording. Excuse me for that. I, I, it, I can't think of the word. Uh, 
Something that describes a lot of points being scored. But, oh, a shootout. There we go. Not a fire battle. A shootout. (laughs) But anyways, it's going to be a shootout. And I think those games are going to lead to huge points for him. And I think that there's just too much offense and too much skill with Drew Brees to pass up on and leave him to go number 10. You know it's going to be a shootout when Lamar plays Mahomes this year. Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. Ravens versus Chiefs. That's going to be a great game. Okay, and one more thing. I know I've said a lot about Drew Brees, but this is the one that I can't <laughs> see Calvin. I don't understand. These are Drew Brees' games when he played. 20.8, 24, 11. You left out the game when he got hurt. Yeah, well, t- Calvin, <laughs> just, I think 38 yards. When he got negative 0.48, Calvin, if, you, if that's the only thing that you can really use to put No, Drew Brees is going to get negative points next No, no, but then 20... 24, one outlier at 11, 21, 22, another outlier at 11, and then it's 40, 28, 22. Another outlier. 20 points in, let me see, one, two, three, (laughs) four, five, six. Of his 10 games? He was above 20 points. I mean, that's pretty good. Seven of his nine games. Seven of his nine games. And the other two weren't even that bad. They were when he had... 11 points which isn't that bad but and they were both the notice they were both game. against atlanta so that's kind of an outlier atlanta must have just had a good defensive scheme for him so i think that they can easily figure that out and it's not like it's not he he had high numbers of touchdowns too but it's not like his touchdowns were carrying him he still had solid amounts of yards multiple games over 300 yards well you make a strong case but i just feel like Against the Falcons, really? The Falcons have a bad defense. I mean, I know those those but two they, games. For some reason, those two games were where, where the Falcons like actually played well on defense. Mm-hmm. For, they like, they started actually having a good streak, and I no, think those, they, it was just those two, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just the it was the only two games when he <laughs> didn't perform. Was good was the only the- two games when he didn't per- perform were against the Falcons. So the Falcons must have known something that other teams didn't known the some Falcons kind of formula to shut down Drew Brees, but Drew Brees is the number seven QB in fantasy. There's the no Falcons, disputing it. One of the worst defenses. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Something that the, let's move on to the next one. The other Drew Reese is number seven, not number 10. Austin Eckler is the next one. <laughs> you just didn't want to hear my opinion. Um, okay, I so wanted, Austin I wanted Eckler. to hear facts. Calvin. Chris has got number seven. I've got number 12, and this is more of a case where I like 11 RBs a lot this next year. I've got McCaffrey mm, I think at one. It's just, I'm not as high. I, I like Austin Eckler. I think, Calvin, you're a little bit worried about – uh, actually, I don't know, really know what you're worried about. This is <laughs> too much of a dispute, but he should be number seven just because in half PBR, he catches so many passes. And when Melvin Gordon was out, he was so good. And so now with Melvin Gordon gone for the rest of – or not for the rest of his career, maybe he'll come back. <laughs> Probably not. But for at least this season, I don't. I think Justin Jackson will provide just enough of a role to make sure that – because to kind of ease Austin Eckler into a workhorse back role. But I think by the end of the season, we're going to see Eckler as the main show in uh, for the Chargers. So Austin Eckler is my number seven. I I can't say that number 12 is a bad ranking, but I would disagree. Okay. I mean, here's the thing about Eckler for me. It's just, I feel like, and I don't know if this is just coach speak for saying we're going to get everyone involved. Anthony Lynn has been really high on Joshua Kelly. I think their fourth round pick this offseason Justin Jackson's also going to stay involved. I think Eckler is a workhorse. He's capable of handling a workhorse role. I agree with you, Chris. I think he's underrated. But I don't know if the Chargers are going to use him in the way that we would prefer most. So I think I have him at number 12 just because also the top RBs, the top 11 RBs, it's so top-heavy there. You got McCaffrey at one. Then you got Barkley. Then you got Zeke. Cook. Um, You got Henry. Derrick Henry. Joe Mixon. You've got, uh, I'm trying to think, who do I have at seven? I have Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Kenyon Drake, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and then Eckler at 12. So I like all of those guys in their own way. I mean, some of them I think are going to be under their draft values, but I still think they're very solid RB1s. And then you got Eckler at 12 to round out that RB1 tier. So I think seven versus 12 makes it look like Chris and I have more of a disagreement than we actually do. But I think that it's um, – we don't have a huge disagreement. Yeah, the only thing I can't disagree with you, Calvin, is you put Josh Jacobs ahead of Austin Eckler. And I just feel like Josh Jacobs doesn't have too great of an offensive line. I'm not saying Austin Eckler does, but Josh Jacobs isn't as great of a pass catcher either. So that's why I would say Austin Eckler has to be at least above Josh Jacobs. I mean, Jacobs is all right as pass catching. It's just Jalen Richard is there, which annoys me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, because I owned Jacobs last year. Also, owning Raiders players was really annoying. When I had Darren Waller, random tight end named Foster Moreau steps in, catches a couple touchdowns, steals them from Waller. And I'm like, oh, please, Derek Carr, I know you like to spread the ball around, but, like, can you stop giving everyone, like, four or three, four targets or less every single game? I couldn't stand it. I was looking at the stat lines, like, Waller, four targets. Oh, they really left him out of the offense here because he was not doing well. But then I see he had the most targets on the team. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is this? It's not fair. And now with Ruggs, uh, Lynn Bowden, and uh, Brian Edwards, I think they're going to have more, even more guys to throw to. And Nelson Aguilar. So that's kind of crazy over there. Um, so now we'll move on to our first wide receiver. And this is the one D to six wide receiver success in your fantasy draft that I disagree with, Chris. It's Darius Slayton. Chris has him at 29. I've got him at 39. Um, and I just feel like that wide receiver field, that receiving field in general is so crowded. You've got Golden Tate there, who did step up in a big way last year. You've got Sterling Shepard, who, if he can stay on the field, has a great rapport with Daniel Jones. You've got Evan Ingram, who, if he can stay on the field, has a great short intermediate rapport with Jones. Then you've got Saquon, who's obviously going to be catching passes out of the backfield. I don't think we saw much of Slayton with those guys. And when we saw Slayton with all of those guys, I feel like his production did dip a lot. So I don't know if the targets are going to be there. I don't deny his talent, but I think 39 is a good spot mm-hmm. for him. because I'm, I'm going to have to move up Slayton even more because I do think he's better than 29. But uh, he's just so good. He really showed a strong connection with Daniel Jones. He became Daniel Jones' main touchdown catcher, and he was, he was a good redstone target, but he was also really able to be a good vertical threat for him. So I think he's a kind of a do-it-all receiver. I think that he'll – have a bigger role this year as the Giants start to understand that Darius Slayton is really the answer to the to their some of their uh not necessarily offensive questions but some of their receiving questions about who that top receiver is but I mean if you can get I'm not necessarily saying Darius Slayton is a starter that's why I'm at number 29 I think I'm gonna move him up a little maybe around the 25 range but I think that he he if you can have him on your bench he's that guy that can be the biggest breakout this year like I think that it's an understatement to see that say that he might break out next year I think that he's just going to be amazing I think he could has the potential to be top 10 yeah I mean let's face it the first two rankings disputes I haven't done all that well and but I'm not backing down from this one Darius Slayton when did he do his best when Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram were both hurt so I feel like this is Slate Shepard was dealing with concussions all year not 100% Ingram was dealing with I don't even know. Was it like foot injury or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but Calvin, you're kind of contradicting yourself because you're saying you're worried about Evan Ingram, but then you're saying that Darius Slade is not going to be good because Evan Ingram is going to be healthy. Hmm. Oh, that's true. Um, well, I feel like both of them won't be out for the majority of the season, and they have better reports with Daniel Jones. It's like Darius Slayton's target share was a little worrisome, even when he had the, the even when he had those guys out. And I feel like also the other thing, the strong wide receiver class, because I'm still not backing down. There's 38 guys I like better. 38 is C.D. Lamb, who I feel like um I think he could play in the slot. Amari Cooper. C.D. Lamb. Amari You're talking Cooper about crowded, and you can say that C.D. Lamb is above Darius Slayton. Yes. No. 38. He's one above Darius Slayton, and he's. I mean, Amari Cooper can play slot or outside. I think, or is it Lamb? I don't know who. That one of them can play outside, and with Lamb, Lamb is and the Jason slot. Jason Witten leaving. I mean, okay, yeah, Lamb is the slot, but I know Cooper can play slot too. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so here, but with Lamb, it's like with Witten leaving, with Jason Witten leaving, with Randall Cobb leaving, some of those targets will go to Blake Jarwin, but the other part of that will be Lamb in, in the slot, taking Randall Cobb's role and not being covered too much with Cooper and Michael Gallup in that offense. I feel like Lamb won't be covered that much. He'll be one of the top third wide receivers on any team. And I know people are worried about Gallup taking targets from him. But I feel like even if Gallup does, Lamb still has a role in the offense. And that's why I have him above Slayton, because there's 38 guys in this in crazy strong wide receiver class that I actually really do like. Yeah, so I think where we're disagreeing, Calvin, is you think that someone like C.D. Lamb, who's going to be a wide receiver three, is going to be better than Darius Slayton, because you think that Darius Slayton is like a wide receiver three in the Giants with Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. But I have to disagree. I think he's going to be the main target guy for Daniel Jones. I They really showed a a super strong connection that year. And I mean, I'm a Giants fan, so I really saw that showing through like last year. And I think that it's just going to show through even more. And people are going to understand that Darius Slayton is a really good guy that you need to look for in your fantasy drafts. And trust me, if you can get DJ Moore, Devontae Parker, and then have Darius Slayton on your bench as your number three wide receiver, you will be so happy next year. 
I agree only because DJ Moore and Devontae Parker is a nice one-two punch, especially if you're going RB heavy because those guys are around the same spot. I have mm-hmm. Moore at 10 and Parker at 13. Yeah, and, and what I love about my 3Ds is DJ Moore, Devontae Parker, and Darius Slayton are all very gettable guys. They're all space enough where you don't have to be going back-to-back necessarily. Maybe on DJ Moore and Devontae Parker you would, but a lot of drafts Devontae Parker – I've been hearing has been falling yeah, in our mock drafts at least. But uh, I think that Darius Slayton you'll be able to find in later rounds. And he's just – people don't really know his name. That's it's There's no name recognition. recognition. I can't talk. But I know his name. There's no name recognition. Oh, my. Okay, I'm not going to say that word anymore. But uh, Darius Slayton, he's just going to be a really good guy to have on your team next year. Okay, I feel like there's more some name recognition. But here – okay, first – rankings dispute I got kind of bashed I did a little better with Eckler and Slayton Allen Robinson is the one I'm going to win Allen Robinson is my number one wide receiver I'm just loving how Mitchell Trubisky has nowhere to go but Robinson you talk about crowded target fields in the um Giants offense literally the only other guy they can throw to is Tariq Cohen and that's a running back who's like five foot nine no offense to Tariq Cohen it's not your fault that you're short but like it does hurt you a little bit in fantasy and uh um, it, and I know you. It's very impressive to get to the NFL as like a five-nine pass-catching back who isn't really a bruising back. So I mean, I think that that's very impressive, Tariq Cohen. I'm not taking away from your talent, but Allen Robinson really. The point was that he can just rack up targets. I see him getting over a hundred next year for sure. That's going to be great for half PPR. And also, the best thing about it, he has the number one wide receiver strength of schedule based on a fantasy. Uh, opponent points allowed last year so he has this cakewalk schedule along with all of this I'm loving this I think he finished number 11 or number 12 last year and half PPR as well so number nine it's not much of a stretch to put him at number nine and Chris you're not winning this argument there's no chance okay so I have him at number 15 and here's why Mitchell Trubisky if we're doing the, the Chris Chris's rankings for strength of QB that's, that's my new ranking metric for wide receiver. Strength of QB. Mitchell Trubisky is at the bottom. But that's not... Not, not, that's... not really. But but he's... It's not... It's just... He's not in a good situation. I mean, you look at some of his games, there's so many games against good teams where he just was a bust. Like, he had a... In week two, 6.1. Week three, 9. Week eight, 8.7. Week nine, 1.1. Week 11, 3.5. Week 16, 18.5 or not 18, 8.3. So there's just not, there's a lot of games that I just don't like in there. And I think that's because you can't trust Mitchell Trubisky. So I don't necessarily hate him, but I don't love him like Calvin does next Let me ask you, I mean, I'm guessing you have the Trubisky game log up right now. Um, How many interceptions did he throw in each of those games? Oh, Trubisky game log. I got to get that up. I'll bet you he threw like two or three at least in every single one of those games. He probably threw for like 150 yards in those games and Robinson got like 80. Robinson is like the only good target in that offense right now. There's no chance that Trubisky throws to anywhere else. And it doesn't matter about quarterback because Allen Robinson has already shown he can produce with a bad quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky. That, that's like how, how I'm feeling about this, really. Okay. Um. <laughs> I guess. I guess you kind of won that one. We'll give right. you that one. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, I'm going to win the next one, too. Uh, I hope. Let's go with T.Y. Hilton. Chris has him at 22. I have him at 32. And, um, Chris, we'll hear your reasoning first for T.Y. Okay, T.Y., he's the number one wide receiver in Indianapolis, and I think that uh, having Michael Pittman around is really going to take some of the stress off of him to really perform. And he was just overall really good. I mean, if you look at his game log, he – he showed what he can do, but then I think I think at the beginning of the year, you saw his potential, but then he really struggled with injuries, so I think that was the main problem. But I think that next year he'll be back and healthy, so I actually do like him. He started out the season with a 25-point game, a 12-point game, a 16-point game, a, then he had 5.7, then he had 16.4, so I do think that he has had some good games, and then he kind of dropped off due to injury, but I think that there's a good chance that he's back from injuries. Obviously, Philip Rivers is an upgrade from – Jacoby Brissett. So I like that for him. I think things are going his way and I would be totally fine with having T.Y. Hilton as a back-end wide receiver too. Uh, wait, is that the standard rankings or half PPR or standard log- game log? Half PPR. Oh, okay, good. So um, yeah, just checking. 
I think T.Y. I feel like that's a better standard number than half PPR. T.Y. is my number 32 receiver, mainly because of injury risk. Last year, he showed he couldn't stay on the field. He got hurt, came back, and still wasn't 100% because of that injury. Also, you got Phillip Rivers, an older player with a declining arm. Oh, wait, actually, these might be standard rankings. I don't oh, know okay. why they're set on standard. All right. But, oh, yeah. so the, so those a lot are... of my things. A that's lot of my things, but it, it's it's around the same. I mean, for receivers, it's been a little different. I mean, for Austin Eckler, I didn't really talk about Austin Eckler's stats. Drew Brees doesn't matter, but Allen Robinson, I mean, his numbers would have been a little bit better with that half PPR. Yeah, piece, I think I was but... looking at half PPR. That's when he was 11 or 12. But I'm mm-hmm. just saying, with T.Y. Hilton, he is more of a deep threat. Phillip Rivers getting old, declining arm. I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to take out his role in the offense entirely, but I just think because obviously – T.Y. can adjust to for the quarterback, I think, because he is pretty talented. Just because of the injury risk, and his deep targets will decline, which means I, his target share I don't love enough to where I can accept four intermediate range targets for I him. I wouldn't say – I wouldn't Plus say Michael Pittman, target share, though, there. because as a target share, it's basically T.Y. and Michael Pittman. I mean, they've got – their tight ends aren't amazing – or their tight end isn't amazing. I mean, Jack Doyle – I think he'll be good, but I don't think that he's going to have enough to really take away from from T.Y., even with a tight end, a QB that loves to throw to tight ends in Phillip Rivers. But I do think that T.Y., if I saw him as a wide receiver too, I'd say, okay, that's why I have him as a back-end wide receiver too. I don't understand how you can have him at number 32, Calvin, as a back-end wide receiver three. That just seems a little deep for a guy that's with Phillip Rivers, who is solid, and with a pretty empty receiving core in Indianapolis. Well, let's talk about an example game. For running backs, Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack, you got both of those guys running it into the ground. They don't have the greatest time of possession. We'll say Rivers goes 13 for 20. He completes 13 passes. I think Jack Doyle, Rivers loves tight ends, so we'll say Jack Doyle gets five of those targets. We'll say Michael Pittman gets four of those targets. That leaves Hilton with four targets. And as a, more of a deep threat guy, he maybe catches two of those, gets – 40 yards. I don't love that. And I feel like that might be the theme of most of the games. And I was being a little generous. I feel like Hilton could be left out of the target chair even more. And I was leaving out running back receptions for Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor as well. So I feel like they aren't receiving back. So Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor are not receiving backs. That doesn't mean they won't get a few targets because Philip Rivers is but a it's guy not gonna be, to dump It's it not going to be enough. Michael Pittman is a rookie. I mean, you have to remember that he's a rookie and we don't know if he's going to be super talented, but then and then you have two not very good receiving backs in Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. Jack Doyle is just kind of there. I mean, he's he's good. Philip Rivers will throw to him a little more than he probably should just because he likes to throw to his tight ends. But then all the rest of that is going to be sucked up by T.Y. And I think that the he's going to transition to more of the number one guy rather than that deep threat guy. And we've seen him play that role before. So I I – I mean, I'm perfectly fine with him as a wide receiver, too. I keep on going back to that, but I definitely am. Okay. I mean, I feel like well, – I'm trying to think. I think I have Stephon Diggs as my number 31 receiver, either that or A.J. Green. And the thing about that is – Diggs at 31? Yeah. I no, that, met, that's how deep the wide receiver class is. That's my point. I have him at 17, I think. I don't love Diggs, though. I don't think the target share is going to be there. But the point is, say T.Y. gets hurt for four games, and say T.Y. disappears for four games. And this is being maybe even a little generous. So say that happens. And then you've got eight games where he's just good. And I don't think he'll have a great target share. Like he has eight good games. With this strong wide receiver class, I think he finishes around wide receiver number 35 with that. I remember his wide receiver 32. So I'll say he finishes wide receiver 32. And I feel like there's going to be those games where he's just not there and he's not around and he's not making a fantasy impact. That's very inconsistent in my opinion. Okay, let's move on to Tyler Higby. All right. Yeah, Tyler. I'm at, at number 10, and I actually don't know if this is the best one to argue because I like Tyler Higby. I just don't like him as much as you do, Calvin. So I'd like to hear why you put him at number six. Okay. I mean, I feel like it's also a thing about how the tight end class beyond the top five is a little bit thin. I mean, you've got guys like Kelsey. Uh, you've got Kittle. Actually, I think I put Kittle as my number one tight end ahead of Kelsey. But – um, if I didn't, I'm going to have to change that. But I had Kelsey number one, or I guess Kittle number one, Kelsey number two, Andrews number three, Waller number four. Then number five is Ertz. I feel like Higby is number six because of the guys after that I don't particularly love. Number seven guy for me is Evan Ingram, who I really don't like his injury risk. So I think he can continue getting most of those targets that he got last year 
And I'm really confident in a pass-happy Rams offense that just lost Todd Gurley that he will be able to re- 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 reap, uh, get get a lot of targets. And um, I feel like he'll be able to produce in that way. And it's not necessarily – he's not the most talented guy, although he is pretty talented, I would say. Um, I just think that he's got, like, a chance to be really big this year. Uh, yeah, and I'd just like to remind – wait, before we – before I talk about Tyler Higby, I, Calvin, you're back on your headset mic again. We couldn't get his mic to work. And that for some reason now I'm just hearing a little bit of like a bumping kind of noise coming out of this mic. So just, just a disclaimer. Calvin is still on the old mic. We're trying to get that whole situation figured out. But if you hear something, I'm not sure if it'll pop up in the recording. Just know that it's not our fault. It's just the mic. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I think. Uh, back to Tyler Higby. All right. Yeah. So I have Tyler Higby at number 10 just because I think that there's going to be some regression there, and I don't love the Rams' offense. I think that – I don't – I just don't think that there's – I mean, I guess I could see him at number six, but I just like a lot of people more than him. I like Evan Ingram more. I like Hunter Henry more. I like uh, – let me see where who I have in front of him. I like – I like Jared Cook more just because he's more consistent. I like Austin Hooper more just because I think that he'll have a bigger role in the Browns offense. So that's why I can't stick Tyler Higby in that sixth spot just because there are more people that I like. Okay. I mean, I think this is one where we don't agree as much, but I mean, it's, it, we don't agree, but it's not like it's as mm-hmm. big of a disagreement as some other things. So I feel like uh, with that, um, yeah, I am sorry about the bumping noise. Has it stopped? Uh, I'm not sure if it'll appear in the recording, but from my end, it does not sound like it is stopped. We'll just, it's not terrible. Like it's not too noticeable, but it, there is a little something. So you might hear it's, it's not like all the time, but okay, it's a possible bit of I, went to, I just went to the um website. So it's possible that that was why, hold on. I just, yeah, I it's w- randomly going in and out, but well, well, it'll be fine. Everyone kind of knows that the mic is a little messed up. So. Yeah. And sorry, cause I went in the website, you had your mic glitched a little bit. Sorry about that. That's not Chris's fault. That was mine because I was going into a tab and it uh, was not helping the Wi-Fi. So well, okay. Got, anyways, is it gone? Uh, for the most part. Back to Evan Ingram. Back to the debate. Well, we won't focus on the mics. Uh, Evan Ingram is. I have him at number five, and Calvin. I just. I think that this is where the Tyler Higby kind of comes into play because I really do like Evan Ingram. I think he's definitely a top five guy, and he when he was healthy, he was definitely he's. If he stays healthy, he's definitely a top five, maybe even a top four. And I'm pretty sure that he's going to stay healthy. I think that for the most part, that injury was kind of just like, I think it was kind of unexpected. I think the Giants were a little bit plagued with injuries last year. Saquon had the exact same injuries, Evan Ingram, with that high ankle sprain. And those, the thing about a high ankle sprain is it can last a while. So it's not necessarily that he got a terrible injury. It's just that he kind of got unlucky with it being high ankle, whereas a lower ankle one might have only kept him out one week, if any week. So I think that he'll manage to stay healthy, and I'm pretty sure that he'll put out a good fantasy output. I mean, I just feel like for what I'm hearing with the Giants, I mean, I was hearing a report that, like, some Giants insider didn't think Evan Ingram could ever really stay healthy. So I just think that um, there's not that positive about his health. And I agree with his talent, but there's just those five guys that I mentioned, plus Higby, that I like more. And that's one that we don't disagree on as much. But mm-hmm. I think, I think it's, it's just it's for you. It's you're more worried about his injury than I am, and maybe I don't know. I don't think I do, but maybe I have a little Giants bias, a little big blue bias. But uh, Evan, <laughs> big blue alliteration bias. there. Yeah. Evan Ingram is. Uh, I, I I like him next year. I think he could easily be top four too. Yeah, I think if he stays healthy for sure. I just don't like uh, his chances of staying healthy. But that is it for our show. I think we've approached we're pro- approaching close to an hour again. So I think we're hitting that range pretty consistently. During this season, our podcast will probably be about 40 or 45 minutes. Um, so if you want to check out our rankings and articles that we were mentioning, uh, you can go to sites.google.com slash view slash second in goal fantasy um, to find those. If you have questions about fantasy football, please email us second in goal fantasy at gmail.com. Your questions could be read on the show for listener mailbag uh, segments. Um, that could be fun. Uh, you could make sure to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to keep downloading and listening or anywhere. I don't know exactly how you do it anywhere else, but um, yeah, just keep doing it. Um, you can go. Yeah. Just, oh, what am I trying to say? Keep doing, keep rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, or if you figure out a way to do it elsewhere, please do that too. Um, thanks for downloading and listening. Continue downloading and listening on Apple Podcasts. 
Spotify, Google Podcasts. We are on TuneIn now as of oh, yeah. today, there I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. today. So you can find us on TuneIn. Um, and we may go on other sites as well. Yeah, but we're also they- back back to our Monday schedule before we go. So Oh yeah. No we- more on Tuesday. Tuesday was a bit of a fluke. The whole mic situation we were really trying to figure out this week. We kind of accepted that it wasn't gonna work. We're gonna try and fluke. do some some I wouldn't okay. I'm too caught up in sports flukes from the oh, no, first and second half stars. I was just gonna no, say I that know. I was just gonna say that no, I wasn't making fun of that. I was just saying that a fluke like Drew Brees was in the second half of the season. Oh ha ha ha. Or maybe a f- wait, did you just say Drew Brees was a fluke in the second half of the season? Yes. He was over Calvin, he was over twenty points in seven of his nine games after coming off of thumb surgery. Yeah, I know, but... The, look and he had a 40... The last four weeks of the season, 40, 28, 22, 22. You can't argue with that. We're ending it off. Goodbye, right. guys. Thanks for listening. Um, yes, we will see you guys next time. Goodbye.